How does a nurse transition from excellent clinician to dynamic and forward-thinking nurse leader? Let's take a deep dive into this issue of nurse leadership with nurse leadership coach, Sarah Bell, right here on episode 325 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is all about you, your personal and professional development, your career, and the healthcare system as a whole. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride, and I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being a part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And here's a very, very special request. If you find value in this podcast, please consider becoming a valued patron over at patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith. Creating more than 300 podcast episodes incurs many costs and your support means a lot to me. And right now in 2021, I'm asking for 100 regular listeners to pledge $2 a month for a year. It's less than the cost of buying me a cup of coffee. And you can rest assured that this show contains no caffeine, no sugar, no empty calories, just a lot of audio awesomeness for you. You can always pledge more and get some awesome stuff in return, but $2 would be super. So head over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith to sign up and show your support for the show. The show notes for this episode where you can learn all about Sarah Bell and the work she does with nurse leaders will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word 325. And I am welcoming to the show new friend of the pod, Sarah Bell. And Sarah, it's so great to have you here. And I want to start off by just asking you, what does it really mean when a nurse is making the transition from excellent clinician to nurse leader? Yeah. Hi, Keith, and thanks for having me. Sure. The the transition, in my experience, what I see a lot is great nurse leaders. They're great clinically. Everybody relies on them. Everybody loves them. And then somebody promotes them into a, a leadership role, makes them the nurse manager or, or something like that, a role, a role like that. And it's the reason they get promoted is not necessarily what is going to make them successful as a leader. And this isn't always talked about. There's some kind of assumption that because they're good at on the clinical floor, taking care of the patients and running the floor, that they're going to be excellent in a leadership role. And quite honestly, a lot are, and most can be because they have what it takes, but there seems to be a gap there where then where as nurses, we're not really educated on what it really means to be a leader. And so that's what I help new nurse managers understand what that is and help them develop those skills. Right, right. Unless you have, say, a master's degree in some form of leadership or you've done some sort of advanced training, right? I started out with an associate degree in the mid nineties. And then I got a bachelor's degree at the university of Massachusetts Amherst. And in the bachelor's program, you know, it wasn't clinical. Of course, we focused on research and we did talk about leadership sort of, but we didn't get into the nitty gritty of what it means to be a leader. We talked a little bit about delegation and what it means to have a bachelor's degree. And you might have more nurses 
underneath you, quote unquote, in the hierarchy, like associate nurses and LVNs and aides, et cetera. But they didn't really talk about, we didn't cover the skills of leadership. Like this is how you lead a group of people. This is how you inspire them. So other than a master's or a PhD, how do nurses learn to become leaders if they're actually promoted to a position? How do they know what to do? Well, I don't think they should learn the way I learned. How was that? <laughs> I, how, I how did took you my learn? First well, I took my first leadership position. I got promoted and I prepared myself for the position. I really looked at, okay, who do, what do I want to accomplish in this role? What is the difference I want to make? Okay. And I went in all guns blazing with, I got the job. And so in I go, and now I start telling people, this is what we're going to do. This is what you need to do. This is how we're going to do it. And do you notice the trend there? It was all about me mm -hmm. and my ideas and a huge assumption because I was the boss. Mm -hmm. Everybody is just going to follow along and do as I ask. And that is what not to do because <laughs> I had to circle back around again and eat humble pie and repair the damaged relationships. I caused the damage in the relationships. And so to go back around and repair those relationships. And, and as I've been coaching other nurses in their management positions, I started to realize I was not the only one making this mistake. And I would hear them even use the language. Well, now that I'm the boss and it's like, oh, because I'm not sure that I've ever come across anywhere that does a great job yet of preparing a nurse for that leadership role. And so a lot of trial and error. And some people, some nurses, they do have master's degrees. They have studied leadership. So I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm talking about the people that I work with. I mean, there are some amazing, and some people are natural born leaders and they always were a leader and they always got it. Sure. And your coaching, what you specifically do, you're a certified professional coach and at Bell's Coaching, you work with nurse leaders and you help them develop the skills and the what would you say, like the confidence and the, the chops basically of how to be a leader. And you're coming from a place of, like you said, kind of learning the hard way, didn't you? Yeah. So I would like to prevent other people from going down that pathway of trial and error and finding out and sometimes finding out too late. So I don't necessarily... I. I help people understand what the role of a leader is and then coach them around stepping into that one step at a time. So right off the bat, one of my very first questions is, is so who are you as a leader? What is your leadership style? And then the, you see the tumbleweeds rolling across the road because they, like me, didn't think about who they were as a leader. They just thought, these are the results I need to get. And boy, am I going to get them? And boy, do nurses know how to get results. If we don't know anything else, we know how to get results because we that's, we operate clinically. So I help them, you know, understand that there are various different leadership styles, some that are going to work well in healthcare and nursing and others that maybe are something that are not going to benefit them. 
you know, transformational leadership, for example, is a big leadership style in nursing, and it goes hand in hand with servant leadership. And a lot of the time we talk about autocratic leadership as not being a good thing. However, sometimes in, in nursing, in a critical situation, you need to switch your leadership style over and become very autocratic. If there's a, a code or an emergency situation, there's no time for a huddle and a discussion on what the best action is to take. And so to understand the various different leadership styles and when it's appropriate to use them and when it's not appropriate to use them is, can be very beneficial to somebody stepping into a leadership role. It gives them that understanding of what a leader is. Good point. Yeah, on, on episode 318, several episodes ago, I spoke with my friend Carol Schmeckel, who talked a lot about servant leadership. So we kind of took a deep dive into what that concept means. And when you're talking about nurses who are great clinicians, right? And they then want to, well, let me take a step back. Some of us are natural leaders, right? You've probably seen, and I've seen a lot of nurses who they're, they're intrapreneurs, right? They take ownership of their work and they, they give extra on the job and they tend to step into leadership, not with a title, but through their actions, right? So those are like natural leaders. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody loves having that intra, well, I, everybody, but a lot of people like having that intrapreneur um, nurse working with them on their team, whether they're in the leadership role or not. Because mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a strong leader, those, in, I, I can't say it, intrapreneurial nurses that you have, they're going to help you bring your, your team forward and achieve the goals that you want to achieve. And a role, is, a role of a leader is to step back and allow that to happen and just put the guideposts in place um, and let people take a lead. Good point. And we've talked about intrapreneurship on the show before, not entrepreneurship, which we've also spoken about, but intrapreneurship, which are employees who, who they're the ones who don't just show up, do their job and go home. They show up and they look for, they, when they see a problem, they try to find a solution. And they're not unilateral. They'll bring an idea to the team or they'll bring an idea to their supervisor or manager or leader and say, hey, I see we could do blank and improve such and such, right? So entrepreneurs just sort of like, they really, they're curious and, and smart and savvy and they really want things to be better and they, they try to make things better. And I, I tend to be entrepreneurial when I'm in a work, you know, in, in a real like job situation, um, not like working at home in my pajamas. So, um, well, it's a different type of entrepreneurship at home in my pajamas. Um, but when we're talking about a natural leader who's been recognized for their, their way of being on the job, and someone says, hey, we're going to make you supervisor, or we're going to make you unit manager, or in my case, we're going to make you chief nursing officer and, and, and um, nurse director, you know, D-O-N. And I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> so tomorrow I become a nurse executive. How do I do that? Right? That happened to me. So when one of these nurses comes to you and they say, I've just been promoted, and I have no idea, and I feel like a deer in headlights. 
where do you start? What are the what are the ground rules for okay, this is this is where we begin. Yes. And I love that. And it happens to so, so many people. So after the mm-hmm. celebration of getting promoted and the realization there you are sitting in your office or wherever you are and like, oh, that now I have to perform. So yes, knowing a little bit about yourself and your leadership style, but also what attributes that you want to embrace as a leader and being, and being very purposeful about that. So you're shifting out of the reactionary and reacting and putting out fires and reacting to what everybody else is coming at you with. You become very aware of your attributes and you may have them and you may not. So I always recommend look at some nurse leaders around you that you admire, that you would love to work for. What is it about those nurse leaders that you truly respect? And would you like to take those attributes and put them in your toolbox? So the really, don't rush out the door when you get your first leadership position and try and prove that you can get results. You really need to lay a strong foundation and it begins, number one, with you. So you're very aware of who you are when you're stepping out as a leader and how you're going to show up and what your personal core values are so that you can understand and share that with your team. So start sharing who you are. Once you know who you are, you start sharing who you are with your team so they understand who they're working with. That would be the number one. Okay. So speaking of who you are, that's self-awareness, right? Self-understanding. And a nurse might come to you who's just been promoted, let's say to unit, unit manager, right? And she's been a nurse for, I don't know, let's say 13 years. And she's a great clinician. And she's been recognized because she is an entrepreneur and she's smart and curious and nimble and, you know, really real great critical thinker. But she's never been in a leadership role before, except for those informal roles, right? Or maybe she's led codes and she's really good at, you know, leading the team and being autocratic in that moment, right? Like you do this, you do that. So you help her figure out who she is, like what are her intrinsic basic values that inform what she brings to the table as a nurse? As a nurse and as a, uh, and as a human being, as a person. Okay. Because I think that it's, that's a really key part. We can't really separate ourselves out. When we do that, we're now putting on a show as opposed to just showing up and being your true authentic self and okay. being comfortable and letting people see that side of you. I it's see. a vulnerability thing as well. Okay. And you have to help that person identify who they are personally and professionally. And then you've talked about leadership styles and we know the autocratic, like you talked about, which is telling people what to do, which is useful in an emergency, right? So, right. So I've heard different terms of different types of leadership. There's like laissez-faire you know, I've, I've had some laissez-faire bosses, right? They're like, oh yeah, okay. And then we have all sorts of micromanagers. And so once that nurse who works with you has, has found her, her values and she understands who she is, then how does she, how does she identify what 
what her leadership style is going to be, like her baseline. How does she even begin to consider who she is as a leader? So, you know, there's some assessments, attribute assessments you can take and core values and all of those kind of assessments to help you. But I think really this is where a little piece of education alongside coaching comes into play and and teaching people, you know, not in depth, but what these different leadership styles are and what the pros and cons of them are so that the nurse can really decide, okay, this is, a, this is going to be my main leadership style, understanding that it's going to change from, from time to time. But, you know, at the end of the day, healthcare is a business like other businesses. And as a leader, there are results that you're re- expected to deliver with, along with your team. And mm-hmm. so some form of leadership style, this is why transformational leadership is, is so important in healthcare because you're helping a team change and move forward and achieve results. And that's really, you know, team development and getting results is what transformational leadership is going to help you do. So I wouldn't recommend them reading loads and loads of different leadership styles. I give them maybe two or three and let them know there are more, but uh, just like understand what a transformational leader is, what a serving leader is, what an autocratic. And, you know, the laissez-faire leader, there's a lot of that around and understanding what that is. Sometimes so you can choose, make a a good choice for yourself. Laissez-faire, I don't want to diss any leadership people and styles out there, but in healthcare, I'm not sure that laissez-faire leadership would be a great leadership style because of the nature of the business and it's fast-paced and fast-moving and you're trying to get a team to move along with you and you have patients to take care of. I don't think laissez-faire necessarily lends itself to healthcare. Probably not. Yeah, I've seen it in action (laughs) and it can be really frustrating, especially if you as the staff member are entrepreneurial, like you you're, you can see where the holes are, but you don't have the power to actually make anything change. You can speak up in meetings or whatever, but you can't actually shift it. And if you have a laissez-faire leader, you're kind of stuck in a place in, like for me in that role, I felt very frustrated because the leader wasn't seizing the moment and I could see where where they could have, but they weren't because they just didn't have the interest in seizing the moment, right? So when we come back from the break, what I want to do, since you've brought it up twice, and I know it's very important to you, and I want to have time to really take a dive into it, I want to talk about what transformational leadership truly is. And for a nurse out there who is an aspiring leader, how to start to integrate what that means, being a transformational leader. And for anyone listening who is a leader and wants to really integrate that way of being, that will be very important information too. So does that sound like a good place to um, come back to? It does. It sounds like a great place. Thank you. Great. Okay. So we'll be right back. Just stay tuned for the second half of episode 325 of the Nurse Keith Show here with friend of the pod, Sarah Bell. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. 
please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit, so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember, the show notes will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 325. We're here with friend of the pod, Sarah Bell. And Sarah, we were talking about, well, we were starting to touch on transformational leadership and what that really means. And for nurses out there who maybe are in the leadership funnel, like they're kind of gunning for a leadership position, or maybe they're in a master's program and they're going to actually have a degree that lends itself to leadership, or maybe they already are a unit manager or a CNO or a DON, and they're looking for how to take their leadership to the next level. So let's begin And let's just rewind a little and go back to what truly is transformational leadership? Yeah. So as a leader, we have a responsibility to bring our team along with us and achieve outcomes that are required by the organization. And so as a leader, we have a team of people and our job really and truly is to grow that team of people, develop them and enable them to accomplish the leadership goals, uh, the organizational goals. And so as a transformational leader, you're really spending time with your team. You're getting to know them. You're building relationships with them. You're learning about what each individual on your team, what their passions are, what the contribution is that they want to make. And you're utilizing their skills, their knowledge, and you're helping them build on those skills and that knowledge so that as a team, you're all focused together on the outcomes that are important to the organization. And uh, from a business perspective, they're referred to as key performance indicators and they They're clinical indicators. They are also financial indicators. There's things like um, employee satisfaction and engagement. All of those things, when you become a a leader, all of those things come under your umbrella. And it's your responsibility not to do it all yourself, but to develop a team around you that 
is inspired and excited and enthusiastic to work towards those goals with you. And that's what a transformational leader does really. Hmm. So key performance indicators, KPIs, those are not things that we think about when we're clinicians. I didn't say just clinicians. I just said clinicians, right? We don't use the word just, that's a four letter word. So, um, we don't think about those things. We might not think that much about budgets and, you know, all that kind of stuff that the people in leadership and executive leadership think about, right? It just doesn't cross our mind. We might right. think, oh, I don't want to use an extra set IV set because I know that costs money. That's extra resources, but it's probably as far as we go as clinicians. So once you're in the leadership role, you need to inspire trust, right? And create a vision. And you mentioned vulnerability in the first half of the show as a leader, right? Being right. able to show yourself. So you're building the team, you're developing the team, you're being vulnerable, you're building trust, you're creating a vision. So you have all these people looking to you for leadership. And then you have the people, quote unquote, above you right? The ones who want to know how much money is your unit spending and why is this happening or why is that happening? So you have people to answer to as well, right? Right. Yeah. You're in a sandwich, aren't you? You just, that just, that came from nowhere, but it does feel like that because you're leading a, you have patients that you're taking care of right. and there are key performance indicators associated with that. We just don't think of it that way clinically, but the outcomes of the patients, the clinical outcomes are key performance indicators. You have a team of nurses and, and, and technicians that you're, you're growing and you're developing and you want to retain good people and you want to build on those strengths. That is a key performance indicator that gets measured by human resources. Mm -hmm. How well, you know, what are your retention? What is your turnover? Different companies measure it in different ways. And it's a business and the financial side of it is very important to keep it without that. The organization goes under and there is no organization to care for the patients. And so all of this, and as a new nurse manager, you don't know. There's no way you're not an expert in this already. So the vulnerability piece is so key to be able to sit down with your staff and say, look, these are the things that as a team, we, we need to work on. This is, how, this is how well we're doing. This is where the gaps are. I can't do this alone. Tell me about your past experiences. Help me understand. And allowing the team to contribute and for you not to think that you have to have all the answers is huge. Right. And, a, and an autocratic leader would just kind of knuckle down and say, okay, we're doing it this way. And, you know, they would be more dictatorial, I guess you would say, like, this is how we're doing it starting today, right? Yes. And also this is where micromanagement comes in and this confusion sometimes over oversight and micromanagement. Mm -hmm. As a leader, you, you're absolutely responsible for providing oversight and making sure the processes are being followed and, you know, outcomes uh, on track. It becomes micromanagement and autocratic leadership when you start closing things down and say, Keith, I didn't tell you to do it that way. You need to go back and you need to do it again. Even if the way you did it got the same results or even better results, an mm -hmm. autocratic leader or a micromanager is going to say, I don't care. I want it done this way. And that doesn't work. That's a trade-off. Right. And that's when you 
people start doing what they need to do to keep their job and get their paycheck and they're out of there as soon as something better comes along. Whereas if you're allowing them to contribute and inviting them and recognizing them and valuing them, they're going to go above that level of compliance and they're going to be committed to you and the department and the organization. Right. So you're inspiring, um, uh, what would be the right word, loyalty and people really kind of digging deep and wanting to make things better and not just earn their paycheck when they see you giving your all and really trusting them, right? That's where the trust comes in. Then they trust you, right? It's kind of a two-way street, isn't it? Yes, it abs- it absolutely. Trust is huge. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a president of a, one of the local healthcare organizations, and that was the one thing that she said over and over again for new managers, you must build trust. Trust. You must build And it goes both ways. The staff mm-hmm. need to trust you and you need to trust your team. Okay. So let's say I'm a nurse who really wants to become a leader. You know, I have that entrepreneurial spirit. I would like to apply for a position as a manager. Maybe I want to take that first step and become unit manager. I've been charged a lot and I have a lot of clients like this who, you know, they've, they've, they fulfill the role of charge. They think they do a good job. They know they're recognized as someone who can lead and people trust them and they have you know, they've developed good relationships and they feel pretty solid as a clinician. And they also feel solid being able to lead the team. So they're like, okay, I would like to apply for the next unit manager position that opens up in, let's say, critical care, right? That's my specialty. So if I want to do that, first, what do I need to know about myself to know that I'm ready to apply for a position, let's say, as unit manager? What do I need to know I have on board? Oh, um, I think, you know, it, there's going to be a sense of this is more of an inner thing. It's not necessarily a checklist of I've taken this test, I've completed this course. All of that stuff is is important because it's knowledge, but none of that stuff really is going to necessarily help you be a leader. And I think you kind of know when you're ready because of the relationships around you and not necessarily just the relationships in your immediate environment, Mm -hmm. start building relationships outside of your environment, participate in committees and projects. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you know that now you're starting to build relationships outside of your immediate environment and you're being invited in to do more and more things, you can kind of feel pretty confident that you're stepping really into that leadership role already and probably stand a high chance of uh, getting a position if you apply for it. You know, to me, leadership is all about relationships. It's relationships, relationships, relationships. Good point, right? Networking, making yourself visible, creating connection, creating trust, right? So you join a committee and people get to know you. There's physicians and surgeons and chaplains and other people in that committee. And then maybe you chair the committee for a while. And that's a form of leadership, right? 
you chair a committee and people look to you for for guidance and you're kind of steering the ship of that committee, which is kind of cool. And yeah. then you want to move on to something else and you want to go bigger and you want to have more responsibility. So let's say I, I'm that nurse. I apply for a leadership position. I get it. I'm now unit manager in a unit where I've worked for eight years, right? Now, my relationships with some of my people are going to have to change a little because I've been their comrade, like side by side, slogging it out day to day. But now I'm the unit manager and they actually have to report to me. And it's a little bit different now. So how do I navigate the trusting relationships I have, but now I'm their boss. I'm not just their, I use that word just, I'm not their, their colleague anymore. I'm also their supervisor. How do I negotiate that? Because that sounds like that could be very, very tricky on an interpersonal level. Oh, I mean, that's a whole new podcast right there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very, very tricky. And it's one of the biggest challenges and struggles a new leader can have is if they get promoted within. Because, yeah, you said we've been comrades. Not only do they know a lot about you, mm-hmm. but you also know a lot about them. And there is a temptation to use that and step into that like judgment role and mm-hmm. and you, it's about, it's the same thing. It's about relationships, but you have to reestablish your relationship as a leader. And so here we go again with the vulnerability. You have to sit down and you have to share what your new role is. And then you have to ask for their support. That's a good one. That's yes. If, If you don't ask for it, then you're, you might be missing because that opens up the dialogue of what that looks like and what oh, you need from people. Right, mm-hmm. right. And Carol Schmeckel mentioned on episode 318, we were talking about servant leadership. We talked about this very briefly. And she said that when you're, you're becoming the leader of people who you've been friends and comrades with for so long, you have to have that talk. You have to say, look, when you see me at the school with our kids, I'm your fellow mom and friend, and we have kids who are playmates, and that's that's our role in that moment. When we're here at work, we have to differentiate a little bit. It's a slightly different relationship, right? So it, that's, that is a tender thing, and I've been in that position several times, so I, I understand that. And that's that's hard to negotiate. And in your experience... As as a nurse, as a leader, you've been around, right? You've been a nurse for how many years now? I've lost count, maybe 27, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm at 25 19, this 19, year. 1990 something. Yeah, I'm 96. So I'm, I'm coming on 25 years this year. And you're a mom and you're married and you live in Texas now and you've lived in the UK prior, right? Yeah. And what are some of the leadership roles you've had? Just tell us, you know, where, where have you been as a leader? Yeah. So um, the first leadership role is similar to a charge nurse role here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience is dialysis and, and in the freestanding dialysis clinics has been what most of my experience. So when you're a charge nurse in a dialysis clinic, 
you're, you are the nurse most of the time. And so that was my first experience taking the lead and being a leader for my peers and my colleagues. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. I would ask the DON when she came in, can you please tell these people that I, <laughs> that I am the leader? And uh, there's a, lot of, a long story around that. But no, um, so that was, that was my first experience. And my second, I took a leap and I applied for a job as training and education manager. Uh, there was no training department. And yet again, I had all these ideas. I've got a creative mind. I'm like, oh, I, I'm strategic on my strength finders. I know all of these things. I do a lot of planning and, and again, no relationship building in the first, in, in the first part. And that's when, when I first learned, I need to sit down with the managers of the clinics that I'm providing this training and this education for. I am their leader and I am developing their staff. And so spending a lot of time working on those relationships and Keith, it's hard because they were, we talked about peers. These were my peers and some of them, were senior to me when I took this position. And now I'm either senior to them or their peer earning that respect for, for them to respect me in that position. That takes a long time. And we can't just run out. Like I tried doing a couple of times, you can't just run out and take the lead and, and expect everyone to be excited that you're there. Mm -hmm. So again, then I, I developed that program and then I transitioned to Texas and I didn't have my nursing's license yet. So I was a patient care technician when I first came over. And boy, that was, that was tough. But that taught me, talk about bringing you back down to being humble. And yeah, uh, what's it, undercover boss experience where you're now working with people, you're in your scrubs, you're just a patient care tech, like, and I just used the word just too, patient mm -hmm. care tech, like everybody else. And you start to hear things and see things. And then you're understanding what it is people are really dealing with and our ideas about, oh, we just need to do this and we can, no, we need to understand what it's like to be a member of our team. It's um, like you were a British spy in Texas. I was a British, was a British spy in Texas, but I couldn't do the accent. So I was not a great spy because oh, they knew. That would, have, that would be a really good book, <laughs> a, a a British spy in Texas, a nurse's story, you know, something like that. Yeah. That, would, that would be very, could be like this little like nurse <laughs> espionage novel. You could, you could do it. You could be famous. <laughs> you, you could. You could do That's it. That would be so much fun. That's a good and one. It, it, was a, it was a great yeah. experience. And, I'm sure and then it was. I got my I got my nurse's license and then I got back into the education and, and got promoted and promoted through the education department. But not recently, but for the first few years, I went back to the floor every now and again, and I worked the floor to make sure that I stayed connected with the reality of working in the field and not just out there in the leader with all these smart ideas that I expected people to follow. Right. That reminds me of like when we talk about politicians who've never been working class, who don't know what it's like to work in a factory or don't know what it's like to build a business from the ground up, right? And people don't feel as much trust because they don't, they don't feel that that politician understands what their life is like. So, right. And then we have politicians who are very populist and who come from humble beginnings, you know, whose father was a shoe salesperson or something, right? And they have more of a working class background and they, they know what it's like to come from humble beginnings to get to this place of leadership. 
it, say, on a political level. So if we extrapolate that down to a hospital or a dialysis clinic or a home health agency, it's the same thing, right? They want to they wanna know that you've, you know what their life is like as a leader. You're not just coming in with some big idea, but you don't know what it's like to be a patient care tech or a nurse on the floor, right? Yes. You haven't worked in this, walked in their shoes, walking walked in somebody in else's shoes. shoes is really, really, a really very powerful, mm-hmm. um, a powerful thing to do. And, and then, you know, as a leader, you still have to set boundaries and expectations. So even though you walked in somebody else's shoes and you understand the world through their lens, doesn't mean that you now allow them to make all the decisions and you're mm-hmm. operating so there's kind of like this weird balance of I get it, I see it. However, you know, let's talk about how we can move forward anyway. Because um, as a leader, otherwise you get stuck. You you get stuck, and now you're sitting with your people all around you, all rah rahing together, but you're not being effective as a leader. Yeah, right. Um, and I want to change channels here for a second as we wind down. I want to ask you a question that's very timely. And we're now in the spring of 2021. We're more than a year into the pandemic, right? And healthcare has been under fire for more than a year and people have been slogging it out, right? For 12, 13, 14 months now. And we're not quite there yet. It's still going on. We're not at the end. So what do you think has happened to nurse leaders in this, who skipped the frying pan and have been in the fire for this last year, what do you think they've learned in the course of the pandemic as nurse leaders? Wow. Um, I would like to think that they have learned that they are a human being and one individual, and we cannot save everybody, every day. And as leaders, we need to be able to set an expectation and be a role model. And that human side, recognizing that we we can burn ourselves out. We have this compassion, right? And this is something that I I like to talk about. (laughs) Compassion for yourself and using your compassion wisely and not thinking that you can make everything okay for everybody and rescue everybody. You're one person. And as a leader, how you react in these situations and how you show up, you're sending a clear message to everybody else. Everybody looks to the leader. And so being able to be that person and recognize I need to take time off. My staff needs to take time off. We need to support each other. We need to step in sometimes and step out sometimes, but setting those clear boundaries because at the end of the day, if if we keep reacting and putting out all of these fires, then we're gonna people are already talking about leaving nursing because they're getting burned out and exhausted. True. That was before. That was before coronavirus. Wasn't it? And yeah. Lives. It really and was. So if there was anything a nurse leader, if they could learn from this is I am one person, I will do my best, but I need to set boundaries around what's expected of me and what's expected of my team. 
Right. And when we're really under fire, right, when we're under duress, I also have to keep a very close eye on my team because we know that mental health issues, substance abuse, suicide, or at least suicidality is not uncommon in nurses and physicians and others in these positions. And we know we lose hundreds of physicians to suicide a year. And we do lose nurses, though we don't really have numbers like we do for physicians. So we have to keep an eye on our team and also on ourselves. So for you, it sounds like the pandemic is really an opportunity to take a step back, take a deep breath and say, okay, so here's here's our goal, right? We want our patients to live, right? We want to do our very, very best using the latest evidence and we all have to survive this. Yes. And we can't all do it all. We can't, we can't take it on. Right. We're not superhuman, right? We're not superhuman and we are human, just like our patients and mm-hmm. our colleagues and everybody else. We are also human beings with feelings and all of that that goes with it. And if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to take care of anybody else. Yeah, it's very true. And leaders need to take care of themselves too, right? Yes. And if someone wants to work with you, I know they can go to bellscoaching.com and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. And we'll have a link to your your um, URL of your LinkedIn profile so they can find you on LinkedIn and on Facebook. So, you know, if someone feels like, I really need help because I'm a new manager and I just don't know, I don't know what to do. I feel lost as a new nurse leader. Do they just contact you through your website or email you work through LinkedIn and can they have an initial chat with you? Yes. 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 To all of that. So yes, any of the, you should be able to contact me through any of the platforms that I use and Always, 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 I do a discovery session, which is complimentary because, as you know, Keith, because you're a coach as well, you know, Mm -hmm. there has to be a synergetic, like, is that the right word? The relationship Mm -hmm. needs to be, I need to know, yes, you are somebody I can help. And you have to go, yeah, and you're the person that I choose to to have. And it doesn't, you know, so that's the discovery session and that's complimentary and we can just take it from there. Good. And you and I have talked offline a little bit about your potential for working with an organization. So are you heading in that direction where you could go in and help an organization develop leaders on that more systemic level? Yeah, I've just developed a program just for that. It can be an individual can participate in the program. It's called Rookie to Rockstar Nurse Manager, Mm -hmm. but it's a coaching program that's a great place for organizations to just bring either... A succession planning, send them through my Rookie to Rockstar program. They're high performers. You want to promote them in the future. This is an excellent way for the people, those people to get an introduction to what it is to be a leader before they even step into that role. And that is where I think we should all be. Mm-hmm. Learn it before and then step in, but we don't, we're not there yet. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Rookie to Rockstar, Fast Track to Impactful Leadership for Nurse Managers. And it says, develop your team while squashing workplace drama, Uh, master the secrets of embracing your nurse manager role, get ready to slash your nursing turnover rates and feel empowered on the fast track to being a successful, impactful leader and need a way to fast track as a new nurse manager from outstanding clinician 
to exceptional leader. So you can work with people one-on-one or in groups and really help them get in touch with what it truly means to be a leader. And you can help them with these, there's the, there's the more esoteric part, right? Kind of like the vision. And then there's the down and dirty, like, how do I do this? Right? Yes. Yes. Both. Yeah. Good. Well, that's, that's really great. And I hope people will get in touch with you about that. And, and I think there's a lot of work for you and people who do work like you out there to help bigger organizations too, because organizations need to know how to develop a really functional and healthy leadership funnel, right? Because we need leaders. We need them to be developed. Yes. Yes. And how amazing would it be if your charge nurses were all great leaders also? They're in a leadership position. And Mm -hmm. so that's a great starting point for somebody to come through my program. Yeah. It's a good launch pad. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Well, that's wonderful. So bellscoaching.com. And on LinkedIn, and then Sarah Bell Coaching on Facebook, and people can find you there. And Sarah, it's really been a pleasure. This is really great fodder for people who are stepping into that role and really want to be a leader, or they are a leader, and they really need to step it up. They really need to find their their footing. So thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. I look forward to that espionage novel. And I also look forward to your, your first book about how to become, how to be the, the best nurse leader you can be. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Keith. This has been great. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. And remember the show notes where you can learn all about Sarah Bell, Bell's coaching, and that fast track to nurse leadership excellence will be at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 325. Please connect with Sarah, send her a personalized, individualized message on LinkedIn to connect, like her on Facebook, and check out all of her offerings. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode, and I encourage you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction and growth. And if you need personalized holistic career coaching to elevate your nursing career, look no further than nursekeith.com. And if you mention the show or Sarah Bell, you can get 10% off your first coaching package. And I would love to have a conversation with you about working together. And if you need leadership coaching, look no further than Sarah Bell. And again, please consider becoming a patron of the podcast over at patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith. A $2 monthly pledge would be awesome. And you can avail yourself of some cool prizes and premiums if you choose to pledge more. So if you would, please become a patron of the Nurse Keith Show. The show is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, one of the largest, fastest growing collections of authoritative, high quality podcasts on health and healthcare. Taking on all the tough topics, check them out at healthpodcastnetwork.com. The Nurse Keith Show is produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting. Thank you, Rob. And Mark Cappy Spiesen is our stalwart social media ringmaster. Deep bow of gratitude to Mark. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And friend of the pod and my friend Sarah Bell saying see you later from South Lake, Texas. South Lake, Texas. Thank you so much, Sarah. And we will catch everybody on the flip side. 